0: Welcome back to the Rocky Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and today we're talking about whether we should retire, the idea of retiring. You probably already know that when I started this show back in 2016, it was because I was personally having a hard time with the very idea of retiring. I've learned a lot over the years and I feel more comfortable with my finances, but even though I've made changes to my own life as a result of this show, I still can't seem to pull the trigger. You might be in that same situation, struggling to determine whether you should retire at all. Maybe you don't think that you have enough money to retire, or maybe you just don't know what you'd do with your time. Today's guest host is a thought leader in the retirement community. She has a blog called Managing Midlife, where she discusses entrepreneurship, family, finance, and caregiving for the sandwich generation. She also helps businesses provide content to show people what they know. Once you know what they know, you are more likely to reach out and hire those businesses. For example, let's take a look at this show. It didn't start out as a content plan because I don't really talk about money or investments or even insurance, but people wind up finding about me and that I sell Medicare insurance. And when it's time, they'll reach out to me. So that's what Kristen does. She takes that content and helps businesses focus it and she helps them create content that helps you get to know them. If you listened to last week's show, you'll remember that 85% of baby boomers plan to work until their 70s, and some even plan on working into their 80s. This week, we're going to discuss whether any of us should even retire ever, and then next week, we'll discuss how hiring older workers can help improve business. But before we start, I wanted to tell you that this episode is brought to you by the Medicare Quick Step-by-Step Guide for Signing Up for Medicare. If you're signing up for Medicare for the very first time, or if you know someone who is, you already know how confusing that can be. This step-by-step guide is absolutely free and it will help you easily make the transition into Medicare. You can get it free at slash checklist Best yet, I'm the founder of Medicare Quick, and I love helping people just like you with their Medicare. Okay, let's not wait any longer. I'm going to go ahead and bring on Kristen Edens, who I'm sure has a lot to say about today's topic. Kristen, thanks so much for coming on the show again. I really appreciate it. Wait, but before we jump in, let's tell anybody new who didn't hear any of your previous episodes how you got involved in helping people and businesses with their own thoughts on retirement.
1: Well, hello Cassie and thank you for having me back. It's great to be on your show and and educate and inspire your your listeners. So thank you for having me back again. But my story is is I started off Doing the normal thing, graduate, 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 keep getting that education. And I got an education in exercise physiology and sought out working in, in the corporate setting, hospitals, whatever. And just one thing led to another and and the economy and family and all this stuff. And I decided I'm gonna, I'm gonna break the rules and go out on my own and and so went to something i always enjoyed which was writing and started my second act and this is the time that so many of us are are giving up the traditional the the normal what's expected what's p- been planned from our for our parents and our grandparents and decided you know what i'm happier doing this. I'm happier being an artist, a writer, an inventor, and going our own way. And so I am one of many, 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 many people who are pursuing their second act.
0: Love it. And we are Mm -hmm. so lucky to have you in this community. So thanks Thanks. again. You're welcome. So today we're going to talk about that article, Should We Retire Retirement? And um, what did you think about this?
1: I thought it was right on. And in fact, I, I know the author and and was talking with him recently and, and said, Boy, that's such a good article. I wish I would have written it. Because <laughs> everybody is thinking, why are we stuck in this rut of retirement? And and why is it so difficult to break through? So what the problem is, is we're stuck in a rut. It worked for our parents, it worked for our grandparents. But when you look at the whole picture of life, that was only a very, very, very short period of time. And and things change. And we are reluctant to change. And so we're trying to, so when the economy went flat, we were trying to hold on to what we believed in, what we were groomed for. And it wasn't gonna change.
0: That's true. And this has happened in the past as well. I mean, if people didn't change, we would still have people who were building horse and buggy, you know, buggies for horses, right? That was at one point a main industry or wood tire, you know, wood wheels instead of rubber tires. So yes, things do change. One of the things that I thought about when I was reading this article is in, and the article is very pro, you know, not retiring and, and it talks about how, let's see, I don't know if I can come up with a quote, it talks about how baby boomers aren't taking jobs away from people. But when I did my research, I found many articles from, from millennials who do think that baby boomers not retiring is taking something from them what what do you think about that
1: i think that is a myth that goes two ways the the younger generations are figuring oh my gosh if if they don't retire and get out of my way i can't advance but then the the older generations are going Oh, I I wish I had a job or I wish I could get back into the workforce. But those young whippersnappers (laughs) are, are, are taking the jobs. But the truth is, is there are so many more jobs out there than there are people of any age to fill it. And we've just got to get that out of our mindset. Employers as well because employers are stuck on the, well, you're going to be 65, and you're going to retire soon. But we're all battling myths, and we just got to let go of that. That's
0: true. I mean, look at the unemployment rate. So we found some uh, statistics on that. And that was in January 2019. So if you're listening to this show in the year 2025 or the year 2030 or sometime in the future, I'm giving January 2019 uh, statistics right now. It says that the U.S. unemployment rate rose slightly in January 2019 to 4%, up from 3.9% in the previous month and Slightly above the expectations of 3.9. And so the number of unemployed, now we're talking about the United States, increased by 241,000 to 6.54 million, while unemployment fell by 251,000 to 1.56.65 million. Now that sounds like a lot of people, but when you're talking about how many people live in the United States, that's not a lot. So really it's hovering around 4%. Now when I went to college, I was told that 5% is pretty much full retire, you know, full employment.
1: Oh, were you told that as well? Yeah. <laughs> Anymore, I've been told so much, it's just a boggle in my head. But, yeah, it, it just seems that those numbers keep repeating themselves that they don't, we just don't know how to move forward with them. Right. And then if you take a look at
0: unemployment by age, you would think that there would be these wide swings and the baby boomers would be, you know, have a zero unemployment rate and the millennials would have like a 50% unemployment rate based on what you read, right? Or 75% (laughs) unemployment rate. Cause haven't we heard that all millennials are living in their parents' basement, you know, sleeping on their couch. Right. But that's not true. If you take a look at the unemployment rate by age, Now, this is 2018 numbers. Ages 16 to 24 is actually the highest, and that is 8.6%. But when you think about it, 16-year-olds aren't supposed to be fully employed, and Mm -hmm. that age range includes uh, people in college, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then we've got age 25 to 29-year-olds, and that's a 4.3% unemployment, so just slightly above the national average. And then ages thirty to thirty four. Now isn't this your, your millennials? Aren't they in that age range?
1: Thirty to thirty-four is probably on the later edge of it. I can't remember the exact numbers, but yes. We talked the, the, I
0: think I I think we talked about the actual years last week, right? Yeah, last
1: week we did but I
0: don't have those numbers right in front of me. But yeah, three point five percent Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then ages 35 to 44 is 3% unemployment, and ages 45 and older is 3.9%. So the lowest unemployment rate is actually people from age 35 to 44. Mm-hmm. What are those, Gen X? No,
1: that's that's later. Is that Gen X? That's the Gen Xers. Okay, you're getting to right on that cusp. Gen Xers are starting to turn 50 every day. They're awesome. from...
0: So they're all millennials from 30 to
1: 44, right? Right. right so right. they have a much lower unemployment rate than baby boomers. <laughs> and, and think about this. When you're looking at these unemployment rates between 16s and early 20s and then the 30s and the 40s and then beyond, I mean, it's it's just there's no wide divergence there. Right. even. With the economy falling 10 years ago, which is hard to believe it was 10 years ago, but we'll get into this next week about how mindset has changed. But anyways, is that everybody who wants a job can get a job. But there's so many factors to consider when you're looking at those unemployment rates. So like you said, 16 and early 20s, they're in school. Maybe they'll take those seasonal jobs and babysitting and lawn mowing things. And then look at that, though, is the older employees, those maybe over 60, 70 and 80, they're starting to come back. But you also have to look at the ones that I'm done. I don't want to work anymore. So there's so many factors that go into this. Right. And how, do, like, who are they pulling? I've never
0: been pulled by anybody asking me if I'm working. <laughs>
1: me neither. Who are they talking to?
0: Like, where are they getting these numbers? Is it just people who are collecting unemployment? Because I've never been eligible to collect unemployment. I've been self-employed almost my whole life. So you know, where are they getting these figures? What about people like me who are self-employed, who don't qualify for unemployment? I think I think mm-hmm. those rates are probably just people collecting unemployment. But does a 16-year-old qualify for unemployment? <laughs> I mean, see, I don't now think that so.
1: That's a good point. I was thinking maybe they do go to, to the uh, unemployment centers or the job centers and look at that. But the older folks and the younger folks, Aren't hanging out at those zones, but but the another interesting factor is I love the the numbers that you give there. Is this the, here's the percentage of unemployment for this group, this group, this group? Yes, I would like to know where those numbers come because I've never been pulled. But secondly, look at where they are in their lives. Sixteen to early twenties, they're so busy with school and their friends. Eh, and then the, once you get into your 20s, 30s, and 40s, oh, my gosh, that is such a massive, hectic time where you're educating, you're working, you're building a family, you're saving like crazy, and, and you're consuming like crazy. Well, we're all consumers. But then once you hit about late 40s and on, we're, we're becoming the empty nest, and we're thinning out our lives, and we're slowing down, not because we're getting old, but because we're all growing older. Our children are growing older. So we don't have as much bombarding us. And that's what is changing this whole retire retirement is is forget it. I'm not going to sit. I have visions of my grandparents sitting down, sitting around waiting for the grandchildren to visit. And that was their highlight. But We're not doing that anymore. I've got three grandchildren, and I'm just not slowing down.
0: You know, I have to tell you, I think that we need to change our definition of work because, uh, you know, one of the things in the Baby Boomer's 30-day journal, the one that I created basically for myself, but it's on Amazon, I talk about the six pillars of retirement lifestyle. And I did a show episode on it. I'll link to it. Um, and basically, instead of calling it work, when I originally put the six pillars together, I called it work. And I really think that we need to change the definition. Because just because you're, you are getting paid for something doesn't mean that that is your life's purpose. Okay? Right. When, you know, your life's purpose is probably Writing. Whereas when you were working for pay for somebody else, you were getting paid for that. But I don't see that as being your life's purpose, what you were doing before. And so I really think that we need to separate what we're getting paid to do and what our purpose in life is. And what do we call that? Are we call, are we just going to call our work what we get paid for, or are we going to call our work? Our body of work, like your body of work, I don't, I mean, you obviously do get paid for your writing, but you also write because it's what you love.
1: You know what you make? That's another good point you make is since the economy downfall, people have taken a whole new approach on what it means to grow up. What you just described is how we need to redefine work is... We're so used to thinking of work as that have to. We have to do this. We have to do that. But people like you, like me, like a lot of people that I interview after 50, they're going, I should have done this all along because I am so much happier. And maybe I'm not making those those dreamy six figures, but I am happier. I am working in my purpose and it is so much more meaningful to me. And the bonus is, is I'm getting paid for it. I think, well, maybe you you and your listeners can answer this, is do you think the world would be a better place if we gave up that mindset that we have to do X, Y, and Z, and instead turn it all around and find out what is our life purpose? So maybe it is attorney. Maybe it is a doctor. Maybe it is a plumber. Maybe it is a teacher. But is that really what makes your soul sing? And how do you differentiate the work from what you have to do to what you really want to do that fills your purpose?
0: Well, I think there's a place for both. I think there's a place for working for money. Because you know how to do something or because the money is good or whatever. But in addition to that, providing for your passion as well. So, for example, have you ever watched that show Dirty Jobs? Yes. So I don't think anybody has grown up hoping that they're going to be swimming in a, in a, uh, what, what do you call the tank? Uh, tank. Yeah. Nobody is growing up. (laughs) Oh, that's my passion. I really want to do that. But that job probably pays a heck of a lot of money. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you could do that job, get just like, um, I don't know if it's the case anymore, but garbage men used to make a lot of money. And I don't know that now that everything's automated, if they make what they used to when they would get out of the truck and pull every you know, and do everything by hand. But that was, you know, my grandfather was a garbage man. And that was never the life passion, right? But the, it paid really well. And then you can do your your passion, your, your real passion, your art, your writing, whatever, make time for that and do that too. So I do think that there is a place... For both. If everybody just pursued their life passion, there wouldn't be people doing the jobs that are needed, mm-hmm. that we absolutely need to do, like cleaning out the septic tanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right. Well, that's the purpose of side hustle. So let's say, all right, let's use your grandfather as an example. So he was a garbage man, but what did he enjoy in his free time? Did he have a hobby? Or did he enjoy something else? Because my dad, for instance, was a chemical engineer. But in his free time, he was a glass blower. Wow. And as he was approaching retirement, he built his own glass studio and did that until, until later in he life. didn't do it anymore. Right. Right. See, and so that
0: is, that. I mean, that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. You know, you can do both. You just have to make time
1: mm-hmm. for
0: your passion as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I think that we sort of dispelled the myth of the millennials who don't like the fact that some of the, you know, baby boomers are working longer. And I hope that we also dispelled that to the baby boomer, his or herself that's listening to this, right. that right. you don't have to, quote, make room for the younger generation, you can continue to enjoy your life's passion.
1: Right. And,
0: you know, and if you don't, if you haven't saved up enough money, you can continue to work for pay and you're not, you're not hurting anybody, you know, anybody, you know, with a 4% unemployment rate and the majority of that is actually, well, 25 to 29 does have a slightly higher 4.3%. But as far as the 30s compared to the 40s and above, it's it's really such a small difference. I don't know that it's even enough to, to talk about.
1: Well, what I think is amazing is that we're, we are starting to break those patterns and, and go, you know what, I can also do this. I can also, there's a potential to... Build money or the side hustles, the side gigs, and and there's no hard set rule anymore that says we can't pursue these other passions.
0: Exactly. Now the authors wrote, I think the article refers to a book called Your Money After the Big Five O. Okay. And it was written by Larry Burkett and Ron Blue. And it was released, it was published in 2003, and at the time, Larry Burkett was 64 and Ron Blue was 61. And so they wrote this book back then, and that was actually the same year that Larry Burkett passed away. Hmm. And so isn't that interesting that he wrote, co-wrote this book about your second half of your life and then passed away that that same year, and his book is living on and helping other people.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, so I right. thought that, that was really interesting.
1: And you know what, that's another good point there too, is that when there? I don't know the statistics, but early days, and, and when I mean, I say early days, for a lot of people that retire after, very, after a very productive social life, work life, career, family, and then all of a sudden everything comes screeching to a halt, that People are lost. They they don't know what to do, and so maybe it was the same for this author. That what do I do? And then they they just become overwashed with uh, depression, and maybe they go, well, there's nothing more. I might as well die. But we're 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 battling that. We're not giving up that easily. We've got too many. Here's what I like to tell people is when I when I have people come to me either for. Um, for uh, uh content writing help or, or building their second act help. A lot of what I get is I'm too old. What do I do? Who will? It? And I said, you know what? You're 50, 60, whatever. You have another 20 years ahead of you to focus. Think about those younger people that you feel you should be like, they still are trying to figure it out. They're not going to get to your point in life until they're your age. Exactly. So. So you have all of that bonus ahead of you. You already know. You already know you. That's right. Take that and move forward. There's
0: one other thing I used to tell people when I was a financial advisor, and people would say, it's too late, I can't save, I can't, you know, do whatever. Mm
1: -hmm. And I would
0: say to them, you know, the time is going to pass anyway. You Five years from now, it's going to be five years from now. Regardless of whether you start doing something now to either improve your life, improve your relationships, improve your financial situation, improve your life passion, whatever it is, the time is going to pass. So you might as well make that time worthwhile for you. So we unfortunately are out of time. How can my listener find you? Where would they go to contact you? uh,
1: I would say the best pet play starting point would be my website at com.
0: That's awesome. So for listener, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Rocky Retirement. You can join in the conversation by heading over to the show notes at rockyretirement.com and leaving a comment. And please, if you've gotten value out of today's episode, please tell your friends and family about these episodes. You can help change someone's life. So we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.